happy birthday. What? I don't know. I just felt like I was supposed to wish somebody a happy birthday. So if it's your birthday and you're listening, happy birthday. That's so weird. <laughs> what a way to start. All right. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, you know, just momming. Momming. Yep. I did my hair tonight. Ooh, it looks good. It's pretty exciting. I decided to dye it myself since salons will probably be closed till 2025. Yeah, sounds about right. If they even <laughs> exist anymore. It's going to be individual one-on-one boost now. And I, like, need to be blonde. I feel depressed if I start to go brown or, like, I have kind of just, like, a dark blonde roots and it mm-hmm. depresses me. I was born to be blonde. It's so bright and happy. And so I just kind of did my own highlight situation. Thankfully, I'm pretty good at hair. I've dyed it before. I've done my, I've dyed my sister's hair. I've like cut people's hair. So I definitely am like an underground hairstylist. Ooh, do I smell <laughs> career change? I mean, no. I it would stress <laughs> me out so much to have to do other people's hair and yeah, to would. please them and get it perfect every time. But I'm pretty good at my own, so it's nice and fresh, a little bit blonder. Nice. It looked great. Yeah, I was probably my high. Because I know we do highs and lows. So my high for the week would probably be my hair feeling fresh. And all the packages I've been getting in the mail. That's pretty exciting. I mean, this year with COVID, it's a weird Christmas situation. And we're not going to be around all of our family like normal. And we just decided not to do gifts with a lot of our family. So I was kind of like, well, maybe I should buy myself more gifts and deliver them to the house, to me, from me, to cheer me up for COVID. And it's working. I forget what I order and then it comes and it's like a surprise. I like that strategy. Yeah. What about you? Um... Well, my high for the week is one of those packages that you ordered was actually for me, and you gave it to me early. Wait, which one? The Apple Watch. Duh. Oh, yeah. So that I can do some workouts for our 1,000-mile challenge. Thousand? <laughs> Fuck that. We're doing a 100-mile challenge, um, for those of you who don't know, and we're trying to run or walk or exercise one mile um well more than one mile a day it equals out to about two to three miles a day so basically we want to get to 100 miles before new year's and we're doing pretty good we're doing good but yeah you kept complaining about so eric runs the mileage and he kept complaining about how his um apple app that he uses was like crashing um on his runs and that he wasn't sure how far he was going and his mileage was getting messed up. And I was just, it was like eating away at me because I had this Apple watch under the bed and I was like, oh my gosh, it would be so helpful. It was so frustrating. I'd run like 20 feet and I'd say, pausing your workout. And I'd be like, I barely freaking started. Why are we pausing this? So I caved, I gave him his Apple watch, but now his runs are way better. And I've never been happier with a workout. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> wow, I really won Christmas. Um, so how many miles are we at out of 100? We have about two weeks left. We do. We are more than two-thirds of the way there. Yep. What is the mileage? We're at 69. <laughs> we should do something to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. We're at 69 out of 100, so we only have 30 miles left in two weeks, which is about two a day, which is totally doable. Um... Yeah, we can run it. The other day we walked around the block, and when both of us walk, it's nice because it doubles the mileage. So it's we both did a mile and a half, so we got three miles for the day. I and tried to convince the wife that if Livy went with us, that it should count as triple. No, she's not walking. She's rolling. Oh. Just keep rolling. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So mileage is going good. What's your low from the week, Eric? Uh, low from the week is peanut getting out and biting the neighbor. Yeah. That was hard to hear because I wasn't here. So you had to tell me about it. But it just sucks. It it makes us really lose trust in him around other people, around kids. You know, we have a baby in the house now, so there's just a lot going through my head. Yeah, he's kind of nippy, and he doesn't like people he doesn't know. He doesn't like little kids. So he got out of the house when I was unloading groceries. He just, like, snuck out of the garage, and I didn't even know. A couple minutes later, I heard barking in the front yard and went out, and he was waiting at the gate with the neighbors, and they were like, your dog bit me. And I was like, oh, crap. So hopefully we don't get sued, and we'll have to figure out what to do with Peanut. Yep. He's little, so he doesn't bite super hard, but it's still just... He knows we're talking about him. Eric's holding him right now, and he knows that we're talking about him. He looks so ashamed. Um, Yeah, that was probably my low, too. Very unfortunate. Um, It's just hard. Like, what do you do? Like, he's a part of the family, but then there's the fears of what if he was to bite Livy or, you know... Yeah, it's unfortunate. We don't really know his whole past because we uh, got him from a shelter, which we love to rescue dogs, but you don't really know what you're going to get. It's kind of a mixed bag, and he has issues with um, little kids and sudden movements and people he doesn't know. So he's not like the best family dog. We're trying to figure out if maybe some friends or family want to give him a childless, loving home. We're figuring it out. Yep, we'll see where it goes. So that's a low. Um, But honestly, I mean, I would so much rather be safe than sorry because we know how he is with kids or if anyone grabs his tail. And it would just be really unfortunate if he bit Olivia, which I feel like is inevitable. Yeah, agreed. That's why it's so hard. Um, Yeah. So what are you drinking? Water. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know. I'm just drinking water. I have been go- I've been on kind of like a detox of sorts. I have issues with allergies and I have a histamine intolerance, which means that foods and drinks that are high in histamine, one of them is alcohol, um, can cause like allergic type reactions. And I get them, I get these little like histamine attacks when I eat too much histamine rich food for too long. Like if I just spend days eating cheese and wine and uh, dairy, wine, gluten, yeah, that seem to be your triggers. Yeah, there's a lot of different triggers, but um, I had a histamine attack the other night and it was kind of sketchy. So I know that when that happens and I have those reactions, that I have to lay off histamine foods for like a week or so and then my body goes back to normal. Well, at least now we know that you can have some of the stuff, mm-hmm. just not in excess, like not yeah. for days and days and days, and you can have a little bit without having a stomachache, as long as you take your histamine pills. Getting to know your own body and your own health or health issues is like such a journey. It's not an overnight thing. I remember last fall, about a year ago, we went to a naturopathic doctor because I was having all of these crazy reactions to random foods and I couldn't figure out what the correlation was because I'd have a reaction to chocolate and then I'd have a reaction to bananas and then I'd have a reaction to guac. And then and it just started being everything. It like, felt it was like it was... for years and then just it would pop up with no matter what you ate. 
Yeah, and so he diagnosed me with a histamine intolerance, and it made sense because a lot of the foods that are on the high histamine list are the foods that I was reacting to, and I didn't realize that they were all connected through mm, That was histamine. the naturopath you went to? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been, it's been such a journey. Getting to know your gut and your own body is hard when there's an issue, but it's nice to have people who know what they're talking about and know what they're doing because I was totally lost. And the problem with Western medicine is... They're great if you are in a life-saving, needing situation. They're Mm -hmm. really great if it's like a five-alarm fire. They're not great if it's like a slow bubble. Mm -hmm. If you have things going on that are hard to diagnose and not obvious and in their face, they're not really going to help you that much. And so I wasn't really getting any support. And that's why I love naturopaths. They've helped me throughout my life. I've gone um, when I just feel stuck with an issue or can't figure something out with my health. And they always figure it out. They're like wizards. And they actually like wanted to do blood tests and in-depth analysis about what was going on, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm still on that journey. I've come a really long way and I went to school for nutrition. So I have a good background with nutrition and health and just through... All of my own research from gut issues to cystic acne to hormonal issues and imbalances to anxiety and depression that was all related to like a genetic mutation that I have. I feel like with all just my research and experience, I've, I'm like a, a low-key expert. Yeah, I think so too. And it's, it's cool because we naturopaths aren't covered by insurance or anything like that, but we were able to do enough appointments to where you could go in there and really run the tests and get used to what helps with the histamine. So kind of jumping into that a little bit, what do you do when you have a flare-up or what helps you not to have a flare-up? I think it's a DAO thing. Well, I mean, going back to the naturopath, it's expensive, but some, I mean, health, health is expensive, but sickness is also expensive. So you just have to pick which one you want to spend your money on. If you want preventative care or sick care. And um, so, yeah, there's just different things that I can do. The biggest thing is just avoiding foods that have that are high in histamine um, so that I don't have as bad of allergies. I take allergy pills most days, which helps. And um, I'm just still learning what to do, healing my gut. And gut health has been on my mind lately. I wanted to talk today about gut health and healing your gut because I am not an expert. I'm not a doctor, but I just want to talk about what's worked for me and the research that I've done because, I mean, this is like, there's so much knowledge on gut health and gut healing and um, it's just something that I don't feel like people know that much about. Just like I feel like in high school, they should have a class, like practical classes for people to prepare them for life, like a class on finances. Credit cards. They need to have a class on on your gut and on your body um, because it's so in-depth and there's so many basic things that people just don't know. And health really doesn't go into any of that. Yeah, and doctors are trained on sicknesses, but they're not trained on health. They're trained on how to help someone not die, but they're not trained on how to help them live uh, fully. Or at least they haven't really showed us that. <laughs> no, Western medicine in general just doesn't focus on that. Eastern medicine and naturopathic medicine is more integrative and holistic, and they lean on vitamins and minerals, herbs, supplements, lifestyle changes, um, long-term health and healing, not just like a short-term pill that's going to get rid of symptoms but they actually get to the root and i don't know the naturopaths that i've worked with are some of the smartest people i've ever met Mm -hmm. 
they are just so wise and brilliant. And I mean, they have their doctorate, so they're legitimate doctors. And they were just trained instead of medical training in terms of um, medicines and um, chemicals and big pharma. They were trained in herb supplements, things like that. Natural resources. Yeah, but they're still doctors. So anyways, um, gut health. Where should we start? What are like some symptoms that you get when you when you have issues? What shows up? What um, not what triggers you, but what do you feel when you're triggered? Um, well, for histamine intolerance, it, it gets down to a gut issue, um, at the core, it's a gut issue. And so for me, uh, my gut issue, you can have so many different gut issues. You can have IBS, you can have Crohn's, you can have bloating, you can have, um, heartburn, you can have leaky gut, you can have hormonal imbalances, you can have histamine intolerance, um, Kind of sounds like a Pepto-Bismol commercial. You can have depression, anxiety, thyroid issues. And what's so crazy is all of those things are a gut issue at the core. And so for me, my gut issue manifests as a histamine intolerance, which means that um, when I get attacks from having too much histamine in my system, I can get gut gut, uh, upset and issues or like rashes is a big one for me. I get like red and flushed on my body. Um, I get anxiety, I get foggy brain, I get really tired, um, I get nausea, it's just a lot of weird stuff. So what's crazy about the gut, like I said, is that it seriously controls everything. It's like your second brain, that's what they call it. I was reading something that says your gut has a brain of its own, Mm -hmm. that actually starts doing, uh, like working through the digestion and reacting to what you eat before your brain even knows. It's pretty crazy. We actually have two brains. So we have our brain brain and then our gut brain. And if you've researched this, it's just the craziest, coolest thing that a lot of our hormones and our neurotransmitters are made in our gut. Um, Most of the serotonin in our system, serotonin is a neurotransmitter. It's what makes you happy. It's made in the gut. Um, A lot of people that have depression, they have gut issues at the core. So it's just really in, um, like if you get anxious, your gut tenses and you can feel it in your gut and it's because your gut reacts to fear before your brain does. So it's just such a crazy system that we're wired with. Is that why you get like butterflies and stuff in your stomach? Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I never knew that. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so I wanted to talk basically about like some things that you can do if you're having gut issues, some basic things. Cause I actually had someone message me this week. Um, this girl who's really struggling with her gut uh, health and some other issues, how it's manifesting with rashes and inflammation and, um, just different reactions. And that's, what's so crazy is I feel like so much of the time when you have random things happening where you're like, Whoa, what is this? It's probably related to your gut. Yeah, I would think so. With all we've learned. Yeah, totally. Um, So a couple, I want to talk about supplements first because I think that supplements are amazing. There's a time and a place for them. I don't think that people should just have like 
16 supplements that they have to take every day. I think that you should know exactly what you're taking. You should know why you're taking it and you should know what it's doing in your body because supplements, you know, are marketed towards us. It's a huge billion dollar, multi-billion dollar company. So instead of just giving into like, oh, this looks cool or I've heard that it's good, actually know what it does and if it's helping you. Do you feel different when you take it? I think that that's really important. Um, but in terms of eating, I just don't feel like you can eat in a day the nutrients that your body actually needs in a day. It's so hard to get all of those little micronutrients and minerals just from food. So I think that supplements really help with that. I think that's perfect. Perfectly said. Um, I think that our foods are, I don't want to say contaminated, but with all the stuff that is needed to grow them, I think they lose some of their nutrients. Mm -hmm. So they're not as nutrient rich and you don't get everything out of it that you need. So totally. I mean, like two thirds of America are deficient in magnesium and it's because magnesium used to be found in the soil. Therefore, anything grown in the soil would get the magnesium, those carrots and onions and plums and whatever was sucking, uh, you know, the nutrients from the soil would get that magnesium and all those other minerals. But because of big, um, not big pharma, like um, big farming, they don't let crops rest. There's no crop rotation. There's no soil rest. It's all, um, you know, they're, they're harvesting in every season. They're putting pesticides on the soil and the soil just doesn't have nutrients anymore. So magnesium is huge for everyone. Um, it's like a life-changing supplement that I genuinely think everyone should be on. I got my aunt and uncle hooked onto the magnesium lotion because you can take it in a pill form. You can take it in a powder form. You got hooked, me hooked on the gummy form. Yeah, gummies. Um, it's just super important. And there's like over... Magnesium works in over 300 reactions in your body. So if you think about that, if you're deficient in magnesium, then you're going to be like struggling with 300 reactions that your body needs to do whether it's metabolizing or detoxing um, or growth you know your body needs those those minerals and those nutrients so anyways magnesium is huge and it's one that we can't really get from food and food and um like fruits and vegetables anymore uh what's actually really cool is there are studies that showed that uh, people who live by the ocean are some of the people who are not deficient in magnesium because ocean water is rich in it. So you soak it up through your skin. That's why people like magnesium lotions or like um, Epsom salt baths are good. Um, so people that live by the ocean and swim, they get magnesium through the seawater. But if you don't live by a beach, then you probably need magnesium. <laughs> what about a lake? Does it do the same thing? Nope. Only if it's a saltwater lake? Yeah. So that magnesium doesn't necessarily have, I don't think, a direct correlation to gut health, but I feel like that's like something that I preach about that everyone should be taking regardless. So somewhere to start to is probiotics. Um, I love probiotics. I know they've been around forever, but something with like 50 billion units or more is going to really help to repopulate your gut with all of that good bacteria because you can have imbalances where there's too much bad bacteria. And what's nice about a probiotic is it's harmless. It's basically just filling up your gut with a bunch of good stuff. And if you're filling up your gut with good stuff, then it's going to kind of crowd out the bad stuff. So it's and not going to heal everything, but it's not going to hurt you. And it's a really good place to start. And they're not crazy expensive. Like, you can order them on Amazon. You can go to any vitamin shop. It's yeah. 
It's a nice, affordable supplement that's going to help you in the long run. In the olden days, when people lived outside and got their food from nature and didn't have antibacterial soaps, you know, they bathed in the river, they had a really diverse microbiome in their gut because they were getting bacteria and natural funguses every day just through eating and not having super clean everything. Um, But now we're in like this hyper clean culture where we don't live outside anymore. We don't get dirt on our hands. We don't get dirt on our face or in our mouth. We don't shower or bathe in the river. And so we're not getting any helpful bacteria in. You know, we're safe from the bad bacteria. We're in a really clean society, but we're also not getting that diverse fungus and good bacteria from the land. So uh, probiotics is a good way to kind of help sustain how we are meant to live. Yeah, I, I think they definitely do um, make up for the deficiencies that we don't get. And you've talked in the past about how being a kid, you had memories about wanting to eat dirt and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's because you were missing those minerals. That was because I was anemic. (laughs) So that's actually a really funny story. I used to eat, um, sand at the playground like a weirdo and I loved to suck on rocks I would just go find rocks in the yard and suck on them so my microbiome is probably very diverse she actually still does it I (laughs) caught her in the yard the other day (laughs) um so what's so weird I didn't know why I craved them as a kid obviously I just thought I was into diverse tastes but um growing up I found out later in life when I was maybe 20 that I had a pretty severe iron deficiency because I had really bad nosebleeds all through my childhood honestly like every other day for years and years and I was just severely anemic had to be on iron pills for a few years to get my levels up I even struggled with that during pregnancy with my iron um it's just kind of an ongoing battle to get my iron into a healthy level but What's crazy is if you have an iron deficiency, something that you can get as a symptom is called pica, and it's where you want to eat substances um, that aren't food. So a lot of people with pica want to eat um, toilet paper or wood or rocks or dirt. It's because your body is longing for um, that mineral of iron, and it's found in soil, it's found in elements in nature. So your body, I mean, our bodies are smart, they know what they need, but It's just a really weird side effect of iron deficiency that I had no idea about until way later in life. I'm actually thankful that you weren't aware of it because one of the reasons we are married today is because you had a bloody nose. Oh, yeah. And I asked you if you wanted to go flower sniffing when your nose healed. And that was one of the most clever lines I ever had. That was a stupid pickup line. It worked. I mean, okay. Um, yeah, the night before our first date, actually, um, I had one of the worst nosebleeds I've ever had and ended up in the ER, um, because the bleeding just wouldn't stop. It was pretty traumatic, but, um, thankfully I've gotten my nose cauterized. I take iron pills and I am doing okay now. And you haven't had one in a long time. I know. Like you said you used to get them all the time, but I haven't, I don't recall the last time you got one. Getting my nose cauterized helped a lot. So... So far, the things you should be having in your arsenal would be probiotics and magnesium. Yes. Cool. And dirt. And dirt. 
<laughs> um, another really awesome supplement that I have recently actually started to love, but they've been around for a long time, are digestive enzymes. So they're the coolest thing ever. Our body naturally makes digestive enzymes that breaks down food because believe it or not, when you eat that hamburger, when it gets to your belly, it doesn't look like a hamburger anymore. It looks like mush. Mushy, but some people, um, that's the beginning of digestion is that mush in your stomach. But then the digestive enzymes is what breaks it down into um, all of the individual proteins and fats and carbs that your body absorbs then on a cellular level. So for people who can't um, fully digest their food because maybe they don't have enough digestive enzymes, maybe there's an insufficiency, maybe they um, are taking acid blockers and heartburn meds because they think that their issue is overproduction of acid, 90% of the time it's actually an underproduction of acid that's causing that heartburn and the antacids are making it worse because they block even more stomach acid and digestive enzymes. So. It's pretty crazy that taking more digestive enzymes and stomach acid could heal your acid reflux. Just FYI. That's mind-blowing. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. So digestive enzymes are awesome. They've really helped me with that histamine intolerance I was talking about because they break my foods down into smaller pieces that my body can't do on its own. So basically, if I eat a piece of cheese and I don't take one, my body might not be able to fully... the fully break that down, causing gas or bloating or inflammation in the gut. Um, and it's just not great for you. Digestive enzymes really break things down. It just helps your body. They're like little workers that you're taking to help everything break down so that your body can absorb it easier. And then you're kind of avoiding all those side effects of your food not being broken down, you know? Yeah. And it's helped me with gluten. Yeah. I have an into, uh, not an allergy, but it just gives me a stomachache if I have too much. And taking one of those really just helps it to digest into my system without giving me totally the aches. Totally. Um, it's pretty crazy because gluten is a protein and um, the digestive enzymes have different enzymes that break down proteins. They have called protease. It has enzymes that break down um, sugars. It has enzymes that break down carbohydrates. So basically it attacks each and every um, little molecule of your food, helping to break it down on a cellular level. So if you have a gluten intolerance like I do, if I take a digestive enzyme and then have just a little bit of gluten, I'm actually normally okay. It helps it to break down. Now, you were telling me something the other day about the shape of like the molecule or something mm. that resembles gluten and helps to break it down. What was that? Um, dairy and gluten have similar proteins in the body. So a lot of people who are intolerant to one will be intolerant to the other. Um, or a lot of people, if they get inflammation from one, they'll get inflammation from another because it, they look similar on a cellular level, your body kind of treats them the same. The protein that's in dairy and the protein that's in um, gluten. Got it. Or bread, which and is And that's gluten. why the digestive enzyme helps for most of those, because they're similar families. I mean, people are individual. Some people are highly sensitive, and an enzyme isn't going to help at all because their body just doesn't want it. If you're mildly sensitive, then it might. It's just something that's worth trying, and it's something that I was really surprised with how much of a difference that it made for me, not just in um, intolerances, 
but just feeling less issues in my gut, like less bloating, less um, discomfort after a big meal, especially. Because um, if you think about it, if you're eating a ton of food and having a huge meal, that's a lot of food for your for your stomach to break down. And if you take the extra enzymes, it's like helping your body to break down even more food than it would be able to normally, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think that if it helps... <clears throat> A little bit you know 10 to 15 percent more than if you didn't take it then it's beneficial why not just take it yeah it's awesome um so highly Worth recommend digestive enzymes that have um hcl or some kind of acid in them as well stomach acid it's kind is of is that hydrochloric acid i think so i remember that from chemistry yeah <laughs> it's kind of gross they take it out of pigs and mm. <laughs> bacon but it works it works really well it helps the gut highly recommend if you haven't tried it you should try it um, another big thing is to, if you have like, if you're having just a lot of gut issues, like I know that Eric really struggled for a while with basically like everything that the Pepto-Bismol commercial talks about, <laughs> <laughs> that little song. <laughs> and if you're struggling, it's worth trying to cut out, like they talk about elimination diets. I love food too much to do a full elimination diet because I know there's all types of diets like the GAPS diet or um, I forgot what the other one was called where you cut out a bunch of stuff and then slowly add things back in. That's really hard for me. The histamine diet is hard enough where I can't have, you know, chocolate and dairy and tomatoes and different stuff that I have to have in moderation that's like so amazing, avocado. Um, but something that's worth trying is cutting out dairy and gluten. Cause like I said, they have similar protein, similar structures, similar makeups, similar inflammation triggers in your body. So it's worth cutting it out for like two to four weeks just to see how you feel, to see if you feel any different, to see if you feel any better. Try adding one back in at a time. See if you get those symptoms back. Dairy and gluten are just a really good place to start because a lot of people struggle with them. And this day and age, like you can do it. Like there's so many alternates. There's, so much. For dairy, you have dairy-free cheeses, you have coconut milks, you have almond milks, you have oat milks. There's yeah. a million different categories. It's pretty easy to cut it out. Gluten-free, you have gluten-free tortillas, breads, pizza. All crackers, pizza, everything you could ever think of. I just made the best gluten-free meatballs with gluten-free crackers that I ground up instead of like regular breadcrumbs that you put in meatballs. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Actually, I think I might snack on one like right after this. Yeah. They're so delish. They were pretty bomb. They're so good. Anyways, um, so that's what what do we got? Probiotics, magnesium powder, or pills, or gummies, Digest or lotion. Digestive enzymes. Digestive enzymes with HCL. And I would highly recommend fiber. Um, fiber is essential for gut health, but a lot of us don't get enough fiber. So just up your fruits and veggies. That one's pretty easy to get. What's interesting is that people who need fiber the most and who have a slow um, gut turnover or gut issues, they normally have a hard time tolerating it. So your body gets used to fiber. The more that you have, it builds up kind of like a tolerance. It gets used to digesting however much fiber you eat. So the people who really need it and don't eat enough, they're going to probably feel it when they start adding fruits and veggies and more sources of fiber, brown rice. They'll have gas, they'll have bloating. They'll be like, I don't want this. This sucks. Maybe I don't need it. No, you need it. Your body just has to get used to it. So add the beans slowly, add the veggies slowly. And if you have symptoms, just keep 
keep going because now like I'm someone who eats a lot of fiber and I don't feel any discomfort from it and that's how it should be. Um, if you're having a lot of gas from things like cruciferous vegetables, beans, um, apples, then it's actually telling you that you really need more of them. So just go slowly and don't cut them out. And fart it out. Yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> I get it from Brussels sprouts because I just like to eat the whole bag. <laughs> Fried Brussels sprouts are so good. I don't blame you. Um, okay, cool. One last thing that I actually just kind of learned about the, the connection to gut health that I'm really excited about. I just ordered it on Amazon is zinc. So zinc is another thing that a lot of people are deficient in kind of like with magnesium. It's a water soluble mineral. You pee out any extra. Um, I like water soluble minerals cause they're not dangerous. You just pee out what your body doesn't need. So B vitamins are water soluble, magnesium, Zinc, um, these are things that aren't going to build up in your blood and cause like a toxicity. So zinc is awesome. I've always known that it's helpful. I remember a naturopath put me on it a long time ago for acne because it really helps your skin. But I had no idea that it played such a huge role in your gut health. So zinc has actually been shown in, in trials, in studies, to um, fix the junctions in your gut. So it fixes leaky gut. What happens is when your gut has a lot of inflammation, irritation, it's not absorbing foods all the way, it's not breaking down foods, you're eating foods like dairy or gluten that are causing inflammation it starts to break down your gut lining and what happens is you get these tiny little microscopic holes in your gut where it should be like a sponge there's all these microvilli along your gut it should be like this sponge where nothing gets past it nothing gets through only digested foods get sucked up in the nutrients but what happens is you get these microscopic holes where pieces of food that were undigested will get into your bloodstream and that's where a lot of people have random food intolerances they're like i've eaten eggs forever and now i'm having reactions to eggs it's probably because you eat them a lot so those particles are going through your gut because you have leaky gut into your bloodstream your body and your immune system attacks anything that shouldn't be there so your body was made to be smart to be uh, healthy, but when things start to go wrong, it can kind of work against you. So that's why a lot of the time as an adult, if someone starts to have intolerances to foods that they eat all the time, they have leaky gut because it's the fact that they eat it all the time that they're getting reactions to it because it's permeating their gut lining. So basically, um, if you're struggling with that, the zinc has been proven to tighten those junctions again, those little like microscopic holes, and to help heal leaky gut. I mean, it's not like a miracle pill, but it's something that a lot of people are deficient in. And I had no idea like what a critical mineral it was for healing your gut. I had no idea. It's crazy too, just listening to you talk how the mindset of normal is so backwards. Like you would think if I'm eating every day, eggs every day that my body would have like an immunity to whatever's wrong with it you know like you think I've been eating these for 30 years I should be good to go like a reaction would be maybe the ketchup I put on it or something different mm -hmm. not the actual substance yeah our bodies were made for diversity and to have lots of different foods that's why foods are seasonal you know that's why you know, every month pretty much the foods that are in season are changing because we are meant to change what we eat and to get a diverse range of food and so if you're eating the same things every day and you have leaky gut or inflammation those same things eventually are going to start to cause reactions
It's pretty crazy. It's super crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, so, it's so backwards to think like that. I ordered this new form of zinc that's supposed to be, because zinc has different forms. It's it's like a mineral, so they add it to salt so it can be like zinc, I don't know how to say it, chel- chelated zinc? I don't know. Uh, zinc glycinate, zinc uh, oxide. There's all these different zincs, and so I ordered the one that's supposed to be best for your gut health. I'm really excited to start it. Um, and I'm really hoping that it's going to make a difference. Cause like I said, in actual medical studies, I was reading, I was like in these medical journals, reading studies all day the other day, it was exhausting, but, um, it's really cool. That's been proven to, um, heal gut lining, not completely, but in, a, in participants they had, I don't even remember, like, you know, 60% more healthy guts than the people who took the placebo. So I think that that's really exciting and zinc is cheap. It's easy to take. So that's what I'm going to be adding to my arsenal. Nice. For gut health. It's really cool to see how much you've grown in the last couple of years and how much you know about all these supplements and to be able to share your story on the changes that it's brought to your life and how much it's increased your gut health. Well, thanks, babe. Um, another thing that I just want to address really quick because I know it's helpful for like so many people is collagen and collagen can be found. I know one of the main sources for edible collagen is bone broth. So I'm sure that unless you live under a rock, you've heard about how popular bone broth is and how it's promoted as like almost a health tonic. It used to just be the thing that your grandma put in soups and now it's like the cool thing to sip out of like a mug. Um, so bone broth is awesome because it has collagen and collagen has been shown to also kind of like zinc does. It's been shown to help those junctions, those leaky gut, um, holes in your lining. It's been shown to help them heal. The collagen kind of plugs up the, the leak and, um, restores it. So collagen's awesome. I don't love bone broth. I use it occasionally. It's not something that I would sit down and drink every day. And so I just take a collagen powder. Um, I like vital proteins. I put it in my smoothie every morning and, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty. tasteless. Yeah. You can't taste it at all. They have, um, creamer versions you can put in coffee. It's really easy to add to your diet and it's awesome. It's good for your hair. It's good for your skin and your nails. Um, we need collagen and so it just kind of helps to boost your body's natural collagen and kind of coat that gut and coat that gut lining um and yeah oh you know what i've been working on gut health yes i've been listening this whole time (laughs) you're gonna it's something that you know i'm bad at eating really fast oh do you know that i'm bad at that do you notice how fast i eat no. I wolf it down like a linebacker. I mean, you are breastfeeding. Bit, so. <laughs> so I eat so fast. I remember growing up, my mom would always get mad at my dad because he would come into the kitchen, load up his plate, sit down with a fork, wolf it into his mouth, and walk away from the kitchen table about 90 seconds later. Like, he was just the fastest eater he didn't want to sit down and enjoy it and talk over dinner. He just wolfed it down. And I don't know if it's genetic, but I am kind of the same way. And I was reading up on how terrible that is for your gut. It is so bad. Oh my gosh. So what are you doing to fix it? 
Well, okay. So your digestive enzymes and your digestive process, it starts in your mouth. Our digestive system starts at our mouth. And you're supposed to break down the food into small pieces before you swallow it and it goes to your gut. And then your gut doesn't have as much work to do to break it down. But if you're like me and you chew twice and then swallow, your gut was not made to do that kind of breaking down. That's what teeth are for. So that can lead to leaky gut because you have all this undigested food going through your system. But I digress. I'm trying to chew my food more. It's really hard. Doesn't your jaw get tired? Yes. And I have TMJ. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's tired a, mommy jaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have tired mommy jaw. It's a real thing. Um, chewing your food is hard. I I dare you your next meal to sit down. They say to chew each bite of food. Get this, thirty to sixty times. 30 to 60 times for one bite of food. So, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help my gut. I'm also taking digestive enzymes, getting everything nice and broken down. I'm just doing lots of stuff, but I'm excited for all the changes that are going to happen. I'm excited for my sweet little gut to be healthy and whole. And like I said, it's kind of a lifelong journey. Our gut is our second brain. We have to take good care of it. And if you're someone like me who's taken antibiotics or birth control or antidepressants, all of those things affect your gut negatively. If you're someone who has an intolerance to dairy, but you eat it all the time and don't really care, you just fart, you're doing a lot of damage to your gut. So (laughs) it takes time to heal it. Just like it took years and years to get to a place of breaking down, it takes years and years to heal it and fix it. So these are just little things that either I've already done and noticed a difference or that I'm going to start to do and just wanted to share. Nice. Well, I appreciate you sharing. You're welcome. Because I get to benefit from all of your knowledge. I know. Don't you love me telling you what you have to take? Uh, you don't tell me what I have to take. I like four supplements on you. I have my own stack of supplements. I know. I got them into like health and wellness and gut health. It's I'm pretty cool. I'm obsessed with everything on it at the moment. Yeah, on it supplements is Eric's favorite. They have a lot of really cool blends. A lot of um, like mushroom adaptogen vitamins that are awesome and um i'm just really excited that it's something that you're excited about because i remember Mm -hmm. at first it was me kind of making you take probiotics and vitamin d and fish oil and stuff so it's just cool that you've kind of taken the torch and run with it and now you have taken that responsibility for your for your gut health for your physical health you reorder the supplements you try new stuff you figure out what works for you and i really admire that it actually makes a difference Yeah, I think that that's really cool that you do that. So yeah, I hope that this helped you guys or just gave you a place to start if you didn't know where to start or you've been having gut issues because we all deserve to have a healthy gut in 2021. Yep, and healthy guts mean healthy poops. You are right. And honestly, what feels better than a nice healthy poo? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) On that note... Um, I hope that you have a good week and a good weekend and a good Christmas. We might take next week off for Christmas, but we'll miss you. Yeah, have a healthy gut, have a healthy poop, and we'll see you in a few weeks. Bye.